When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. This is Talking Real Money. Hi, I'm Tom Cock. Thanks for joining us here to help you better understand how money and investing work every single day. And, you know, I'm an older guy. Yeah, I'm older than 60, so I guess that makes me old in some ways. But I like new, just like you. I love new car. I love new movie. And I love a new restaurant. Remember when you could go sit inside and have someone serve you food and stuff? <laughs> Been a while where we are, but uh, and I think it'll be a while longer. But I love all that new stuff. But I do get nervous with new stuff when it comes to you and your money. Because I think you get separated a lot of times. You get excited about things. You want to jump in. You want to be part of the newest, hottest thing. And that generally is better for the people selling the product than the people buying it. And this week, some big new, right? Initial public offerings, IPOs from DoorDash and Airbnb. Air, DoorDash it, it debuted 30, pardon me, 86% increase on its uh, first day of trading. That means the seven-year-old company is worth about $72 billion dollars. Shares opened at 182. That was 78% higher than their already high expected initial public offering price. Stock ended up trading at 189.51. That means, by the way, it's worth more than Chipotle, uh, Domino's, and Dunkin' Brands combined. And this is a company, by the way, that, of course, delivers the food of those restaurants and has never turned an annual profit. Hmm, sounds somewhat familiar going back to the late 1990s. And then the next day, Airbnb company, of course, that allows users to book short-term rentals, uh, sold its shares, the IPO at 68. That's well above what had been expected, making the company worth $47 billion. And of course, it makes money by charging short-term rental managers or hosts and guess a service fee for bookings made through the company's website. Last year, by the way, the company reported a net loss of $674 million on revenues of about $4.5 billion. So, yeah, and, and people have been rushing money into these things. IPOs, initial public offerings, make me nervous, and let's talk about some of the reasons why. Dimensional Fund Advisors did a study of six thousand IPOs from 1991 to 2018 and found that the stocks seem to underperform industry benchmarks. Generally speaking, they quoted as saying it doesn't look like IPOs do particularly well relative to other stock market investments when you control for relevant risk factors. So you're actually, especially early on, making less than just owning the marketplace. It turns out that a lot of people buy these because of emotion. Shocking. IPO buyers swept up in the trends. Boy, does that sound familiar with uh, 
home, or pardon me, home delivery of restaurant food and booking of uh, a vacation spots online. Retail investors get now they get kind of caught up in the whole FOMO, fear of missing out, and override logic on most of those investments. One person saying people need to decide if it's a trend, a fad, or something sustainable. Here's the one that really troubles me. IPOs really have very little real-world valuations. The company, of course, uses underwriters to help set a valuation and establish an IPO price. The IPO price, based on due diligence underwriters perform at the time, the price typically discount uh, at a discount to the publicly traded peer group. And when it hits the market, it's part of the secondary market. That's where those equities are traded. And you don't have to look very far for examples of where this has gone horribly wrong. Uh, I, I welcome you to read the book Billion Dollar Loser about Adam Newman of WeWork, a company that was valued at close to $47 billion before it was getting ready to go public and basically went right down the chute because the people that were selling it to you had an interest in making it worth that much. Eh, scares me a little bit. And that brings me to another point. Uh, prices have a tendency to tumble after the 180 days. That's when shareholders and other insiders, uh, their locked up shares can be sold and, and stocks can oftentimes see a great decline at that point. And by the way, here's a great quote from someone looking at all this said, you can make a sober decision as to whether or not this is something you really want to invest in rather than doing it in the sort of frenzy and volatile trading after it initially becomes public. I think that is sage advice. So people always say, well, why not invest in it? And I say, why? Why do you need do you need this stock? Is it what is your motivation? Is it the fear of missing out? Number two. The risk of individual stocks we know is extremely high, and that's why we recommend index funds holding thousands of securities because sometimes companies like WeWork, for example, turn out to be way overvalued and, <laughs> and end up being a bit of an empty suit. And then number three, really, should IPOs be part of your overall investing plan? We're going to say no because they're risky because they're exciting, but they're also have underperformed. And that truly makes them, in my mind, unnecessary. By the way, looking at your portfolio, looking at your retirement plan, do you have all that set up? Do you have a lot of accounts all over the place? Do you have an actual plan for retirement? As we've mentioned on this podcast, we are happy to give you an hour of one of our advisors' time to make sure you're doing everything right, looking at your portfolio, looking at your plan. If you go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click on Contact Us, we will provide that help. Happy holidays. I'm Tom Cock. Thanks for listening to Talking Real Money. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit 
TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap. 